Tesla's results last night. Shambles. Yeah. Elon's might get some might get some free stock. Oh, funny that. You might get some what do you think about cars that? as well. I think Tesla's probably a, a whole episode of the pod, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's an extraordinary business. Yeah. Because <clears throat> he's basically said all of his other ideas will be done outside of Tesla if he doesn't get the free stock. So he'll just do it as an add-on to well, SpaceX or whatever else. is horrible, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. It's, uh, certainly <clears throat> watching with interest. Are we, how are we looking, Alex? Are we all right? Yeah, good. Should we get started? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you yeah. Ready to go? Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Taking Stock After the Bell, episode 24. Uh, joined, as always, by esteemed colleague James Hughes from the Chile, uh, as well as Head of Fixed Interest Research, uh, Richard Carter. Uh, Richard has worked with Quartachivia for over six years and has 16 years investment experience uh, in previous roles. He was a fixed income analyst and fund manager at Bearings and BMY Mellon. Uh, Richard graduated from Leeds University with a BA in history and is a CFA charter holder. So welcome to the club. Uh, sorry, easy. Uh, outside of work, Richard is an active member of his local running club, uh, participates in a variety of races. Uh, is widely read with history and politics being his main interests. Uh, Richard is also the uh, most travelled Quilt Achievia employee there is, and the morning meetings are uh, renowned for hearing of uh, Richard's travel adventures. So, uh, welcome, Richard. Thank you. And football scores. And, 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 and football scores. scores. And, how is, uh, <laughs> and how is the electric car going? Uh, very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Not a Tesla, but Not uh, a Tesla. still doing pretty well. Good, good. Uh, well, welcome to the club. Now, um, being head of fixed income research, I mean, I joined Quilt Achievia over 10 years ago, and um, it's fair to say for the first few years, we didn't really need to come and talk to you very much um, for the simple fact that bond yields and interest rates were naught. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. bonds were not that interesting. But, I mean, it's changed a bit in the last two years, is it? It's changed hugely, and not just sterling. You know, sort of things we can do in euros and dollars and everything but across the different markets has, has, has massively changed. So you can, you know, you can, you, can buy a, you can buy a bond, hold it to maturity, and it should beat inflation over that time, as long as inflation is relatively... Well behaved. So things have things have changed massively. I think there's a lot we can do for clients that we, like you say, we couldn't do for the last ten years. Just become an investable asset class again, isn't it? As opposed to something we kind of have to have in a bit of the portfolio. Yeah, mm. necessary. Yeah, yeah, it's real returns to clients. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to have you on to talk about not just the bond market. Well, that's interesting and um, an increasingly interesting area to talk to clients about. Um, and I get very excited about bonds. Way too excited. But also a bit on the macro as well because we've got you know. Are we having a recession? Are we not having a recession? Um, episode one of the podcast, we proudly proclaimed over a year ago that we were definitely having a recession. There's no way the world can withstand 5% interest rates. Uh, and that was over a year ago. Um, and uh, and behold, they have withstood 5% yeah. interest rates. Yes, it's yeah. been pretty extraordinary. Yeah. So um, we're through a couple of charts initially. This is the first one, which I think we show, we show quite a lot, actually, on this pod and with clients. Um, I mean, 30 years of inflation... It was always around 2%. The UK is here in blue, US in red, and, and Europe in yellow. Um, and then the, uh, I mean, it was transitory after all, wasn't it? That's what we keep talking about here. Uh, it was tra- it was transitory, but it got Look, pretty... Clearly <laughs> transitory. <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was a, a quite eye-watering levels for quite some time. So I don't think, uh, I think if central bankers had been shown this chart three years ago, they would have, they would have been quite so relaxed as they sounded about inflation. Initially, right? Well, they, they changed their minds pretty quickly, didn't they? From they summer of they, 2020. They certainly did. And then they, they went really, and, and now and now almost we're in a, 
a flip side where inflation's coming down and they're saying, well, we can't possibly do anything, you know, mm. we can't reduce rates yet because we, we, if we, our job's not done. But if you look at the chart, actually, it looks like mm. their job is increasingly... What, what do you done. think inflation would have done if we hadn't increased rates as we had? It's a really good question. It's a really good question. It probably wouldn't have been coming down as quickly as it has done. But then you think about some of the things that were driving inflation... Energy prices, mm. goods prices, energy prices. I mean, so central bank has kind of affected the price of natural gas. Yeah, that's come down pretty sharply. The housing market's probably the only thing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, but housing house prices, house prices are, are really falling. No, great, yeah, that, that's sort of my issue. question: is if they'd raise rates to, say, two and a half, three. Yeah. I know that's not restrictive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but do we think inflation would? Still, be a Mount Everest. It might, it might still have come down quite sharp. Anyway, the risk is, I guess, the bond market would have taken fright had they had they not raised interest rates. Mm, um, that's very good point. You, could have, you know, you could have had bond yields, you know, back up sort of six, seven, seven percent, and that could have tipped us all into a, a recession. So, yeah, some some yeah. ways, they they probably they probably did the right thing. That's fair enough. And then, just before we move on from this, I mean, obviously, they're sort of one of the talking points at the moment. I guess is what's happening in the Middle East and the Red Sea. Um, Container ships having to go around Africa as opposed to through the Suez Canal. Does that? I mean, r- container prices have gone up, and there's been a few sort yeah. of rumblings from the sort of chief executive of Next and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is that a genuine risk to inflation this year, of a sort of resumption in you know higher inflation rates later in the year, or is this at the moment just a blip? I, I think it, it is a it is a risk, but it's probably more a risk for the UK and Europe than it is for mm, for, sure. for the US economy. The, the evidence so far is it's mm. not affecting the US. Uh, well, to, I guess they ship, much. they ship in a different direction. They would go, anyway, they would go a different way. They would go a different way around from from Asia anyway. So they've got they've got less to less to worry about. Yeah. I, I don't. I think it's probably it, it's out there, but it's probably less of a concern relative mm. to maybe wages still growing at you know in terms of central bankers, mm. wages still growing at you know five six seven percent. Mm-hmm. That's probably the the bigger risk for inflation. The U.S. as we go back to again with Tim Marshall's book, The Prisons of Geography. The U.S. wins again, doesn't it? Every every event it seems to come out. Energy independence, uh, just yeah, you know, yeah. shipping issues through yeah. the Red Suez Canal is yeah, it doesn't impact them. It's it's quite amazing actually. Yeah. There's a list um, of really good reasons why the U.S. is dominant as it is, um, which I think is an entire episode of a pod at some point. But we sort of done bits of it, haven't we? Sort of but it would be on. yeah, it would be um, good to do that. But I guess gas prices is probably the only other area. There's some sort of talk of a Qatari ship heading to Italy that's been turned back or something today or something. I mean, is that again if gas doesn't get from Qatar to Europe? Is that yeah, that that would be a concern. Although we're in a, in a way we're getting you know mm. we're not. We're quite way through the winter now, anyway. Aren't we? I mean, storage levels are pretty high. Mm, the prices have come down. Yeah. It's ten degrees. Today. It's warming up. You know, is, is that <laughs> really? Just by my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I yeah. That's, that's why that risk. So I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Now, as we sort of mentioned, really, I mean, central banks put base rates up to five, five and a half percent. UK and US here in uh, US in blue and UK in red. Uh, from naught after 15 years of zero rates. Mm. Um, if we sort of move on, you know, this is US and UK GDP going back 15 years or so. The US this time is in orange and uh, UK in grey. Clearly, we had those those big spikes around the pandemic where the numbers were all you know messed up by switching the economy off and on again. But so far, we've not had negative GDP as yet. So the question is, the mm. chart is, where is the recession and why didn't we have one? I think we and are we going to have we, more I, th- I think we need to differentiate a little bit between UK, Europe, and and the US. Mm. 
US. I mean, the US was not as affected by the energy crisis um, yeah. as maybe Europe was. Um, and there was massive, massive government stimulus during COVID so, so that consumers built up huge amounts of savings and yeah. they'd be able to spend, spend that uh, for the last year or so. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, and uh, that's really kind of kept the economy going. Right. And, and you know, at the same time, the unemployment rate has been very low, so most people have been at work, and that's you know, it's meant we've avoided mm. a recession. Also, don't forget, you know, these higher interest rates, they don't feed through to everyone at the same, at the same pace. No, you know? so well, if you're easy, you're fixing your mortgage for 10 years. If you fix your mortgage a lot at 2% for 10 years, uh, you, you've got nothing to... What, what's, what's, the, what's the problem? I'm just giggling about Dave, as usual. Poor Dave. <laughs> yeah. he'll, be, he'll be listening to this, and I'll get a text over the weekend to say, thanks for referencing me. But he, he did, I think last 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 pod, we said he'd fixed at six, but actually he's on a float. He's on so a floating, he, right? he is Please. enjoying... Well, not enjoying it. Enjoying five and a half percent interest. And I'm not going to kind of touch on the data, but it's the unemployment rate here in uh, the US and UK, US yeah. in blue, UK in red. Obviously, in the US, they have no employment law, basically. So you can sack anyone on the spot, which is why in the pandemic, the unemployment yeah. rate got to what, 18%. I cut the top of the chart off because it yeah. just looked ludicrous. Um, but it, I mean, it's ticked up a little bit, right? But not a great deal. I guess we're slightly guilty of being in the kind of southeast London bubble a little bit. I had some clients in yesterday morning mm. uh, who travelled in from another part of the UK. And they were like, London is packed. There is absolutely no recession here whatsoever. Mm. Um, everywhere is busy. Everything is expensive. It sort of feels like it's booming. Um, maybe that's not the case if you look across the UK as a whole. Um, and were they saying that's not the case at home? Yeah. 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 But certainly the economy continues to tick along. And, you know, the data this week has been pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, UK surprisingly resilient, really. I mean, uh, you know, we had PMIs this week, which are you've got to look at them over a longer term mm. rather than worry about one or one or two. But uh, they're still they're still pretty resilient. They're not saying there's a recession on the cards, and they are not saying, "Come on, we need to cut rates tomorrow." Basically. Mm. And what would you be looking for if you did? If we were heading to a recession, what would be the things that would be the the the, the red warning lights or Rising unemployment, rising unemployment rate. I mean, I know people say it's a lagging indicator, but I think everyone looks at it so much, and central banks look at it. And, and at the moment, unemployment starts going up, you start to worry about retail sales, mm. you start to worry about confidence, you start to worry about everything, right? Corporate profits. Uh, so uh, that's the thing I think really to watch. I mean, there are leading indicators, and um, you know, there have been uh, various reports out about you know insolvencies and all the rest of yeah. it. And I think un unemployment. Is the one where really people, everyone starts to kind of believe this is, a, this is an issue. Yeah, I guess if you if you work in a firm and the firm decide to lay ten percent of the people off, not only have ten percent of those staff yeah. decide yeah. to rein in, the other ninety percent are like, oh, it'll oh, be yeah. me next round. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah, to yeah. start saving. Yeah. So I mean, of, I I think you're seeing it on the trains because, you know, there have been some cuts across the city. But I tell you, I get on a train on a Monday or a Friday, and and I'm struggling for a seat to get. Whereas I think three four months ago. You know, I, you'd sort of look around to try and find someone on the train. I yeah. do think, I know there's been talk of some companies putting workers back and saying, you know, you're not as collaborative from home and the rest of it. But I do think there is that fear factor amongst employees. I think the control has, has you know, coming out of COVID, I think employees sort of had the, the power. control, the power. power. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's now switched and employees are thinking, God, you know, ten percent of the workforce has been laid off. My boss really needs to see me every day in the office. But, um, so you're not the one. 
One so of you're the not ten. the one. Well, wage growth is still pretty firm. Yeah, it is, but it's it is it is slow, slowing, but it's still above the rate of inflation. Right. Mm. So I, I know people have been through a really tough time last few years, and, and taxes are high and everything else. But actually, now wages are growing quicker than, quicker than inflation, inflation. Yeah, but which, it, which might months. not last for that long, but it should last for mm. the next six months. There's always going to be a lag, isn't there? Because if yeah. inflation was 10 and you've got a 5% pay rise and inflation is now 2, you yes. still want a 5% pay rise because you're still trying to get back the your lost income. Yeah. Right? yeah. So there will always be an element of lag. Again, it comes back to this power point about you know, inflation is about power ultimately between labour and yeah. capital. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's no recession as yet, but we need to watch unemployment, I think, is the... Uh, is the uh, is the takeaway from that? And in terms of the cuts that might come, or certainly the market's pricing a number of cuts this year, for yeah. both, both US and and well across all, all developed markets, well, certainly US, UK, and, and Europe. Yeah. Um, from what I mean, I think you, you should, historically bankers are late to cut, aren't they? And when they do cut, they tend to cut by a decent chunk uh, because a, they're in panic territory. Well, you can understand it because they they. We're too late to raise rates with mm. inflation rising. Got that wrong, and now the last thing they want to do now is go and cut to early and have inflation mm. spike back up again. So they've got to be careful, and so you're going to hear them for the next at least, I think, three months. I know we had a so-called dubbish pivot from the Fed, but mm. I don't think you know. Yeah, the other central bankers really haven't changed their tune at all. So I, I think they will be a bit slow to cut rates, mm. which increases the risk for, for the economy. Yeah. Uh, particularly in Europe, where you know yeah. we sort of say, "Where's the recession?" Well, you know, look at Europe. I mean, it pretty much is in recession. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the pressure will build on them to cut rates, but I think at the moment they're gonna they're gonna wait. And then once once they get going, who knows? Yeah, they could they could have potentially cut quite aggressively. I mean, rates are high, so there's plenty of room. Mm. So we've got the chart here of what the market thinks the rates in the UK and the US are going to do. Um, and if we look at the, the the blue and the red line, well, they both look the same, don't they? So yeah. December twenty four, around the middle of the chart, what's that? Four and a half, four. So what? Three or four cuts by the end of the year? I think, uh, yeah, I think UK is pricing in uh, about one percent of, of cuts by the end of the year, and then US is slightly more. But slightly it's, more. It, it, yeah, it's there or thereabouts. Uh, I think Eurozone sort of fairly similar. So I mean, mm. it's, it's going to be. Uh, you're right. The lines are absolutely pretty much bang on top of each other. Most most of it. Um, and, and Europe, albeit the rates are lower, no, it has yeah. a similar, 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 similar sort of trajectory. So mm. um, we'll see if they all move together. I suspect they probably will pretty much all move together. But this is the sort of the epitome of the soft landing narrative, isn't yeah. it? Central banks can cut by one percent to four, four and a half percent this year and get away with it. Well, I look at so I look at this chart slightly differently, and I say, well, if the market average is for one percent of rate cuts, that means that some people think they're going to stay. At five, yeah. if not go up again, yes. and yeah. some people yeah. are going to go yeah. to three or yeah. two because yeah. they have a recession. Yeah. So I think you know it's the soft landing narrative that everyone seems to think is consensus. To me, I don't think that's quite right. I think that there is a core of people who think higher for longer, inflation will be sticky. Maybe the Red Sea blows it up again, which makes life difficult for central banks. Mm-hmm. And the other half think mm-hmm. we're going to have a recession, mm-hmm. and therefore rates are going to two and a half, three. Yeah. And 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 I've heard both cases. Um, you probably listened to Brevin Howard yesterday, weren't you? Mm. But there was a podcast with. Um, Chief Economist of Brevin Howard last week, and he's definitely in the rates back to two and a half percent by yeah. the end of this year camp. I mean, yeah. it's odd that a macro fund is predicting <laughs> the end of the world, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I just think it's going to be really interesting. And uh, and do you know what? I genuinely don't know which of those two scenarios that I believe the most. Mm. They're, they're not markets aren't pricing in super low rates. That's that's, that's for sure. I mm. mean, they are pricing them. You know, they're coming down. Uh, 
uh, to more reasonable, you know, to lower levels, but they're not pricing in a sort of deep recession and coming down mm, absolutely. Absolutely that aggressively, which is a bond person kind of, uh, I guess, gives you some optimism about potential returns in in a, in a, in a bad economic scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, has it been? Has the Fed talked about what they where they think the neutral rate is? Uh, it's always in there. The uh, the dot plot has uh, as a as a rate in there. I think it's what two and a half three percent or something. Like yeah. That. But there'll be some there'll be some debate about that if if uh, you know if inflation stays very mm. sticky and the economy stays pretty pretty strong, maybe those those forecasts will change. I, I don't get too carried away on what these yeah. you know these long run estimates of last are. I, it's just you know <laughs> that's, that's I, you, content, you, right? you, you, you've got hundreds of pages of academic work on this yeah, sort great, of stuff yeah. if you want to go read it. But yeah, uh, you know I, I think um, yeah. I, I tend to think where 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 rates going to be in the next two three years uh, you know and where, what's the economy going to be doing and, and that's kind of more important mm-hmm. for bonds. These mm-hmm. long these long run estimates are yeah, mm-hmm. they may be they're difficult to get handled. Now, um, moving somewhat neatly on to bonds, um, when interest rates go up, bond prices go down, right? So the last 15, 18 months, the top pane of this chart here is the UK 10-year yield, which you can see in August 2020 was basically naught, 0.1, I think it bottomed yeah. Um And it went from naught to nearly five, six months ago. And the bottom pane here is the price of the 2036 gilt, mm-hmm. which pays a four and a quarter percent coupon. And we can see that um, the price of the gilt was about 160 at the peak when yields were mm. below, and the price of that gilt fell to 100. So it fell a good, mm. what, 30, 40%. Yeah. Um, now that's quite painful if you're a bond investor, right? Very, very much so, depending on where you bought, the, on where you bought, where you bought yeah. the bond in the initial case, but yes, uh, uh, very much so. So just this idea that when yields go up, if you already own a bond, price goes down and obviously vice versa as we can see in the yeah. first half of the chart as yields fell the price of that bond did did pretty well so what the chart sort of says is that you want to be buying bonds when yields are going down right yeah when yields are high above inflation ideally and and, uh, and falling i mean obviously it depends a little bit if you, if you plan to hold it to maturity yeah. or, or where your returns a bit more fixed or or, or you're going to sell it into intervening period it also it also you know worth mentioning about Duration and sort of maturity. The longer the maturity of the bond, the, the, the bigger impact those yield rises have on the price. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, twenty thirty six is obviously quite you know, a long way out. It's going to take you a long time to get your money back. Yep. So uh, the uh, impact on the price was pretty pronounced. Pretty, pretty pronounced. Yeah. yeah. So it was ten years. What today? Four and a half ish. Uh, but uh, four in the four in the UK. But slightly, yeah, slightly below four and a half. But um, yeah. yeah. So it's okay. It's, inflation's coming down and. Uh, you know, four percent is is not bad, but bond markets have had a pretty bad start to the year because uh, back end of December there was you know, massive rally, massive rally. And mm. pricing in huge amounts of rate cuts, and mm. those have been sort of. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what clients often <clears throat> ask me. I think you know, for clients getting their head around prices, bond prices, and yields in the direction, if you don't sit in it every day, is actually f- kind of fairly complicated. But um, so. Clients often, you know, a few clients recently said, "Well, you know, if rates are if if, if rates are coming, then surely, you know, we should have duration." But it's trying to explain actually how much of that duration is already priced in. Um, so as you say, you know, obviously ten-year treasuries are, are, are slightly higher than 
than, than gilts at the moment, but 10 yeah. year gilt is, as you say, a bit over four. Yeah. So that it's actually already, the yield is already, or the, 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 the um, gilt yield is already anticipating. Discounting those rate cuts. Some of those Absolutely. rate cuts. Absolutely. Yeah, it is already discounting some of those rate cuts. So you've got to think, you've got to think, uh, is, is are they too? You know, is that too many? Is, is going to be more coming? Uh, all, all those kind of assessments about it. But also, you can think like in a day is four percent. Do I think four percent is a good level? If I think I think inflation is going to be two, two and a half, yeah. it's four percent on a. It's not AAA, unfortunately, but uh, on, a, on a on a yeah, government bond, which should be sort of vaguely AAA uh, yeah. behaviour. Uh, do you think that's good? Well, it, it's hard to say, but you know, it's downside better than it was at one percent. Um, and yes. we didn't, it got you know close to five or five. But mm. um, so we and we've got the charts up here of ten-year government bond yields in the UK and the US. Again, UK is in blue. The gilt yields are four and a little bit higher in the US. You know, we have to go back to two thousand and eight, back in the days when James had hair <laughs> to get a four percent yield. It was, it was, that, it was thinning in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. I think but by two thousand and nine, you know, my gone. investment career. <laughs> has seen my entire investment career, bonds have had yields, UK gilts have had yields lower than 4%. Mm. For most of it, it's been sub three. And yeah. for a large part of it, it's been one or below. Yeah. So, mm. you know, to come out to the point about you not being particularly popular for most of the yeah. 2010s, well, that's because why are we going to buy these things for clients when the yields are 1%? Yeah. Yeah. Today, it sort of feels like when we're sat with clients, you know, the traditional kind of cautious private client who wants a steady four or five percent return yeah. with mm. they don't want to take a huge amount of equity risk because they don't want to you know see the front page of the daily mail with stock market meltdown on it yeah um all of a sudden this asset class now you're right if, if inflation stays at two to three percent then four percent on a risk-free asset yeah. ultimately because you're going to get your money back from the uk government looks pretty good isn't it and and the, and the moment central bank start cutting rates, uh, I know it's quite a lot of priced in, but it changes the kind of whole narrative. Mm. Suddenly, suddenly people go, well, wow, four and a half percent. If you if you can get you know thirty year gilts, you can get four and a half percent. People go, that's not going to be around for some for very long. I'm, mm. I need to start you know buying it. Yeah, and there's a yeah. lot of money yeah. sat in money yeah. market funds at the moment, which are still yielding sort of base rates of about five and a quarter. Yeah. At some point, if those the, mm. when the, they, those returns on those, the yields on those will come down as as bank of cuts rates, and I think you'll see money come out. At that point, I think we've had those conversations with clients yeah. as well who've all sort of boasting about five percent in the building society. Well, it's not there forever. Is it going to be there in uh, a year's time when your one year fix rolls yeah. off? What are you going to yeah. be refixing at? Whereas you yeah. can buy a two year gilt today at yeah. four and a half or whatever, you, you can lock in some of these yields on some of these. But numbers. also, the five the five and a quarter hasn't actually been there for that long. You know, I don't no, know what, no. what was the average rate in the UK last year because we started the year at I think, I think the average money market. Fund probably did about four and a half. Okay, actually, that's that's better. So it did it, it did it, it did okay, it did okay, actually. But I mean, it's just sort of interesting that an area of a whole area of an asset class that we've not really had much interest in for 10 years now all of a sudden is Mm. super interesting. We we don't have any charts here, but um, you know, we can buy UK investment grade. In fact, we do have the chart, sorry. So um, the chart here shows the spread or the additional return you get on investing in sterling investment grade corporates, i.e. the likes of Unilever and Shell and mm. um, BP and, and a good quality companies, you're getting an extra 101.4, 1. 1.5% 1. Yeah, over. So that's yeah, what, nearly 55 yeah. to 6% yield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 6% yield on some kind of Shell or Unilever bonds is is pretty attractive, isn't it? And actually we're saying it's, it's not just a, like a sort of call on UK economy because a lot of the issues in Sterling are... Mm. Multinationals. You know, you are multinationals. They're, they're might be as likely yeah. to be JP Morgan, Walmart, yeah, yeah, yeah. as they are. They're not. You know, you're not going to be buying AT&T UK domestic companies. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
Uh, you have a mix, I mean, you know, a mix in, in corporate bonds, investment grade, a lot, lot of banks in there, you know, um, utility companies, housing mm-hmm. associations. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you can buy a corporate bond fund yielding five and a half, six percent, or a basket of corporate bond names yielding five and a half, it's, it's not a bad do, return, do, is it? Do you think this? Do you think spreads are? Do you think they've tightened too much based on potentially slowing economy, recessionary pressures? Yeah, if or we go you... if we go into recession for sure, I mean they are pricing in a soft landing, a mm. benign soft landing environment. So uh, what do spreads and... potentially go to? I mean, I know it's, you, you've it got to keep on... an eye on the banks because the financials as a part it's, it's a bit slightly different to the exit markets. The financials, when you look at how what a big weight they are in. In huge, the sterling, yeah. it's about forty yeah. percent. Uh, and yeah, and there's all sorts of different parts that are subordinated. Yeah, bonds, so, so you know, like yeah, you 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 know you you've got to keep Is it, it high in the global in the global basket. Uh, it might be a bit lower in global, but not still far off. Not okay. far off. So you know, so you, if you see a you know financial crisis or banks get into trouble, that's where you you, you get real blowout and spreads. Mm. Uh, because you know, you mentioned Unilever, how, how bad are they going to do in a recession? Mm. They're still going to pay their bonds on. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. So you got to be a little bit careful uh, on that. But I mean, I mean, spreads you know can blow out to you know two percent, two and a half percent. But this is investment grade at the end of the day. Most companies will make it through yeah. any recession, yeah. any problem. Yeah. And then if we go further down the credit spectrum, so instead of buying investment grade, we can buy kind of junk slash high yield. Um, what are the sort of returns available there? And is that you know absent a recession, is that you getting decent pickup in yields? Yeah. So you, we haven't got a spread chart on that here, but you might get you know four four and a half percent on on high yield names or sub investment grade. Oh, so forty four yeah four and a half. Well, listen, the UK the UK high yield market is 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 pretty small. When, okay. we, when we talk about high yield, we're mainly talking US yeah. and Europe. Okay. So you might you know you might be getting for example four and a half percent over. Treasuries, so you might be getting you know seven and a half, eight percent, which is which is which is pretty good. But it, clearly, they are growth sensitive names, and, and just as you leave and make it through in a bad recession, some of the companies in there might not. No. And then just on a sort of you know managing a fixed <coughs> income portfolio, you know you've got basically it sort of seems to me you've got duration, i.e., how longer dated bonds do yeah. you have to buy yeah. versus credit risk, do you want to buy UK government, US government, or do you want to buy Unilever, or do you want to buy Mr. Mm. Speculative Company that's not yeah. likely to pay you back? Yeah. What, are, what are kind of managers saying about where we should be? I mean, is there a sort of divergence in views of it should be short duration because yields are staying high and going higher, or? It, it varies, because a, uh, a lot of these external managers with their funds, they're pretty limited on what they can do. They might mm-hmm. be government only, they might be corporates only, yeah. and, or have limited flexibility. Those those who've got a bit more flexibility, for the last year or two, they've been bumping their duration up. So yeah. it's, it's hard to give an average, because it will depend, but you know, sort of six to seven to eight sort of years kind of, mm-hmm. kind of area. Uh, and generally, people have been pairing back their corporate exposure in favor of okay. sovereigns. But that's, that's quite... General, general because it will depend on is, the and is that because of narrowing of spreads narrowing of spreads because yields are higher and, and you, yields are high so you bump the duration up a bit spreads are narrow so you reduce the corporates a little bit that, that's the general I guess, the, I guess the other the other reason spreads are so tight um, is actually I think a lot of you know a lot of companies did a cracking job through COVID at refinancing and, yeah. short, and yeah. you know sorting out their balance sheets and, and fixing debt for the yeah. long term it's you know, I, I get told, I got told off by John for saying this. I think the other day, but you know, you look at some of the very best corporates and their balance sheets looking 
much better shape than some sovereigns out there. It's I know it's very different because a well, corporate can't print and well, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can buy so you can buy corporates at higher ratings than the UK government, um, yeah. but Microsoft, uh, Microsoft yeah. can't. But <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah uh, absolutely. They, a lot of them are in are in pretty good shape. Uh, I mean, finance directors on the whole yeah. did a, have done a really good job. Yeah, and I think you know, you've probably seen less pain during this period of rates hiking because of the uh, you know they're kind of unsung heroes in a way in terms of how good some of these finance directors did. Well, going back to why, why now recession, recession is going to say exactly that. High rates, but it doesn't yeah. seem to have impacted yeah. a lot it's, of it's the corporate equivalent of yeah. if you're usually fixing his mortgage for yeah. 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah. When rates were low. Well, quite a few of them down. were on the phone to me saying, you know, James, yeah. what's your title? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you seem to know what the crack is, what's going on, what should we be doing? Um, no, I think it's really interesting. And, and you know, we've, 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 at the margin, put more money into bonds as yields have gone up, yeah. and we've talked about that in that allocation and, and as our sort of headline strategy level. Yeah. And um, it sort of feels feels quite exciting. And, and you know, equity markets look fine, and equities will do okay mm. over the mm. medium to long term. And yeah. we can probably argue there's yeah. areas that look too expensive, yeah. and there's areas yeah. that look cheap, and there always is. Um, but you, you know, there is more of a certainty of return in the bond market. Sure. And the other thing, we haven't had a full year of these sort of high returns and, and what you know bonds are giving us. You know, as you go forward a year, eighteen months, yeah. actually the returns from these areas um, are going to really start pulling their weight in terms of total portfolio you'd performance. You'd hope so. yeah, in the long term, so. you know, a balanced strategy is probably returns seven ish. You know, if you're getting, you know, you're getting fours on, on your kind of sovereign debt and, and yeah. five and a half, six on on corporates. Yeah. You know, that's 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 doing a really good job towards total performance. And we all talk total about, return. You know, we. We'll, it was talked about the death of the 60-40, kind of 60% equities, 40% bonds portfolio. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. when yields were naught, that's probably right. Yeah. But when yields are four or five, yeah. that's definitely not right. If anything, no. Um, no. we should be putting, you know, it, it's it's the other areas of the portfolio that we've gone to in recent years mm-hmm. to try and hide away from bonds. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be the, you know, as far as I can see, the area we take money from. Can I, actually, something we've talked about before is, is how correlated bonds and equities Come and and you know what's your take on when when does bad bad economic data become bad news and and when when does the sixty forty actually work start working how it has historically worked in I mean, terms I, of uncorrelation yeah when to, people tend to talk about correlation with bond markets they tend to be government bond markets actually yeah. if you've been buying high you know high yield can. Uh, Behave differently to government yeah. bonds and corporate bonds. And That's very good point. So it's not, you, yeah. Uh, so if we have a if we have a nasty recession, you know, and and, and banks are in trouble and all the rest of it, your government bonds probably do very very well. So at mm-hmm. that point, you know, they they, they do provide. That's recession. when, yeah. But you don't want to be in high yield bonds at that no. point. So you've got to be a little bit uh, careful yeah, about sure. what we're talking about. But um, I do think there is, yeah, clearly that everyone's hanging on the Fed's every word. And, mm. Pivot and diagram, you know, dot plots and all this sort of speeches, stuff. And, and it does it, the speeches, mad. the minutes, and it does affect everybody's. Uh, it does affect you know all the markets, and that that is there's no getting away from that. Mm. Um, but um, I all I would say is with yields at four four and a half, if there's a nasty recession, your bonds are going, your, your government bonds are going to do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. else will. Yeah, but if you get you know a few more of these kind of supply chain driven inflationary episodes like we've had, then and that's when the bond market and the equity market remains correlated as it was mm, in 2022. Yeah, yeah. And that's that you know that's that's probably quite difficult for us to manage as portfolio managers for clients. Yeah, I mean again it goes at that point you probably want a 
you know, very short duration yeah. corporate bond, investment grade corporate bond yielding five and a half, six percent, because that's mm. going to do fine. Yeah. Your, your longer dated bonds, no. No. Well, and I guess, yeah, that's the, <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You think about rate cuts coming, you add your duration, but as you say, you get inflationary spikes and yeah. suddenly the duration hurts you. Equities sell off be because, you know, you might have some inflationary pressures and, yeah. and that's, yeah, as you say, that's, you know, as John says, that's difficult to manage. Um, yeah. But then we do, you know, we do have access to, to some really good managers who do run short dated corporate yeah. bond strategies. Yeah, and, yeah, and cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some clients say cash weightings in portfolios are probably a bit higher than they have been, yeah. but mm. clients are getting paid to own cash. And so mm. their clients say, well, why have I got so much cash? Well, mm. you're getting paid for it. Yeah. And it's a useful mm. asset to own in a, in a somewhat volatile mm. world. I just, I, we saw Lloyd just before Christmas and he'd been shortening some of his duration. So that was quite, he tends to run that slightly short. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's done. That's kind of a position we would have to try and protect us on that side. Mm. But I think certainly that you know the opportunities are definitely much better than they were for most clients, and that, that's quite a refreshing change. Uh, and it means that you're in a bit more in demand, don't you? Absolutely, long make it to you. Long make it to you. Now, as our kind of <laughs> resident political expert, it'd be remiss of me not to ask <laughs> politics because we've got a long year of this. I'm yeah. afraid. Um, so we're going to assume, presumably, the UK election is. We're going in early, second conclusion. pod of the year. Yeah, we are, yeah. I think. We're, I think. I think people are more interested in when the election is going to be at the sort of UK it US time. Does it matter when it is? Uh, it doesn't, but I think uh, because the UK election is a complete foregone conclusion, or, right. or so. So the recession is a foregone conclusion. And then the US one, we don't know who the candidates are yet. Although we think we, we think we're increasingly getting to the state it's going to be Biden Trump. Um, I think the UK is going to be. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be a different result to what the polls are saying, but I think it's going to be a lot tighter than the polls are suggesting. There's a, there's a lot of seats to turn. There's a long way to go. And I, and I think, yeah, there's yeah. a long way to go. Um, but the US, I mean, do, what, what do financial markets need to worry about in terms of Biden versus Trump? I don't think they need to worry too much about Biden versus Trump in, in on a sort of 2024 scenario, I don't. Much as people might not like Trump, probably um, <clears throat> if you're thinking about his impact on the U.S. economy, mm. it's probably not. It's probably not negative at all. No. I think. I think the worry is more 2025 geopolitical. Right, yeah. uh, you know, withdrawing support for that, that, Ukraine, Ukraine like that, that sort of that sort of side. What do they do with <clears throat> the Chinese in terms of trade policy? That's probably where people have got a concern. Mm. Um, I don't think. I mean, to be honest. It, UK election, interesting though it will be, it will not be uh, a big driver of global markets, I don't think. No, no, not. I mean, I, I remember the 2016 election, and um, for reasons I won't bore you with, I was lucky enough to be in the US Embassy during election night when Trump was a very shock win. And it was, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fair to say, the atmosphere in that place was quite different. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, the equity market sold off 4 or 5% on the news of Trump winning. And then within three to six months, it yeah. ripped 15, 20% higher. Yeah. So, you know, again, it comes back to this point, and not dissimilar to Brexit in a way with the FTSE. Yeah. Like, initial reactions of market participants are not always the right ones, no. are they? So, um, I, mean, I mean, if Trump does get in, is there a chance that he might have learned his lesson? He might actually not be quite as strong on certain things he was in his last term? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I've just. I think it was his vindication <laughs> that he was right in the first place. I think. Do you uh, think so? You think he'll be as strong? I, I worry. I worry greatly about uh, the direction America's heading in, uh, what it means for European uh, 
policy defense and all the rest of it mm. but uh you know i'm afraid you know but as far as the economy is concerned it's probably not such a big concern but you know defense manufacturers might be mm. yeah, with yeah, european clients be. might be might be doing quite well yeah yeah i think um i think we're going to have a yeah. kind of year of it and, and the geopolitics are we had Derek perkins on last year and we the, you know the, the world certainly feels a bit more volatile and a bit yeah. more you know that sort of post Cold War peaceful era might be over, getting yeah. behind us, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think I don't know what it means for portfolios other than we've just got to do the basics and be diversified and <clears throat> yeah. try and kind of shore things up a little bit. And again, you know, we can't. The things that hurt markets are not always the things that are obvious in hindsight. You know, we can talk about are we going to have a recession or we're we going to have more inflation from the Red Sea. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not. It might be something else altogether that we've Absolutely. not thought of that's Absolutely. going to hurt us. So we need to stay sort of... Well, I mean, the things we're worried about, the things that are in front of us, and, and, and typically that's been priced in. It's, it's yeah. the events that we haven't thought about because they're unpredictable exactly. um, and impossible to predict. That, um, There's some sort of Donald Rumsfeld quote in there somewhere yeah. about kind of the unknown unknown, unknowns. unknowns. Yeah, the unknown mm. unknowns is what gets us. So I think on that, that cheery note, uh, other than reminding ourselves that we can get 4 5 6% on bonds, um, and we're not going into a recession after all, and inflation's coming down, uh, and th- things are pretty good. Should we should we call it a day? Got anything else? Happy with all that? Same from me. Yeah, excellent. Great. That was great. Uh, well, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, any questions, then get in touch. James.Hughes at cordgeva.com, or I'm Jonathan.Raymond at cordgeva.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you to Richard for joining us, and uh, we'll yeah, see you next you, time. Richard. Thanks very much.